everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Fuelixer. Fuelixer is the sports nutrition subscription box built for endurance athletes and enthusiasts. Every weekend, thousands of men and women strap on their running shoes, hop on their bikes, plunge into pools to train for the next big race. From newbies to Olympic athletes, these individuals are serious about their sports. Spending thousands of dollars on equipment, coaching, and training, all in an effort to reach their peak. They don't know it, but they're missing something. The power they are after isn't in the fancy gear or in coaching alone. The real secret is nutrition. And when it comes to sports performance, what you put in your body matters as much as what you do with your body. Rather than shipping subscribers a random box of sports nutrition products, Felixer builds boxes using a combination of performance data from Strava, nutrition requirements, and taste preferences. Felixer sees the types of workouts you do and gets insights into the weekly training volume. Felixer combines this data with nutrition requirements and your preferences gathered through the Felixer survey. Empowered by sports nutritionists, ex-pro cyclists, competitive athletes, in a little math, Felixer's journey begins by doing the shopping, researching, and calculating for you, the athlete. Felixer makes practicing sports nutrition a personalized experience for newbies all the way to U.S. Olympic athletes. It's easy and fun to get started. All you have to do is go to Felixer.com, connect your Strava performance data, Take a quick nutrition survey, and boom, Felixer selects the sports nutrition gels, bars, chews, hydration, protein, and recovery fuel that fit your individual nutritional requirements and preferences. All you do is you choose your Felixer recommended box size that was calculated based on your historical performance data. With Felixer, you can unlock your potential and really get back to what you are most passionate about. Whether it's cycling, running, or swimming, Fuelixer fuels you. Now, let's tune in to the Fuel Talk Podcast. I'm G. Timble. I am more known as Dax's wife in the cycling community. 30 years old, I'm a registered nurse. I work for um, a corporate home health agency, one of the biggest here in the United States. Um, I am a breast cancer survivor, turning five years next week. So, yes. yeah. so this month is a very big month for me um, because it's five years. Yeah. I started cycling um, a year after I got diagnosed because I kept getting sick and my lifestyle before I got sick was it's it's hard I was always sick I couldn't come out and um, finally one of our friends said well why don't you try cycling that was actually Kuya Jude uh, which is we call him Kingpin right there yeah so he brought me out I went to McGee's I bought my first bike uh, it was an aluminum cannondale synapse and 
this is synapse. Um, and then I started cycling, and within two weeks, I already fell in love with it, so I upgraded to a Pinarello DI2. Two weeks later, yeah. Two weeks later, FP Quattro, heavy. That's what I still have. <laughs> I don't have it anymore. I have yeah. a Cannondale a year after. Better, yeah. <laughs> a year after, um, Dax got me a Cannondale, but I actually, when I joined the Shifters, that's where I met my husband. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> The thing about me was, back when I was a kid, I was always sick with um, lung problems. I My right lung is only, it only 40% of it works. So whenever I get exacerbated, say an asthma exacerbation or an allergy exacerbation, I'll be out for three months. And that was actually there the first time I had an asthma attack or... Um, when was that? This was, I think... November or December of 2013 okay. we weren't even dating dating yet but he was actually the one that said because it's always been my dream to do a triathlon he said you should go in the pool because you need to develop your lungs because I would be always sick I couldn't like they would he bring me out to see you in a bathing suit that's all, <laughs> actually, that's all that was happening there that is, I don't know <laughs> He brought me out in the, into the pool, and ever since then, yeah. of course he did. He, I, know the, I know where the pool is. <laughs> Lifetime. <Yeah. laughs> he taught me from zero. I did not know how to swim, could not do even half a lap. And within a month, he got me doing 40 laps. And then since then, I've never had a respiratory failure. Um, it's been five years since I've had to use an albuterol. No, four years ever since I met him. Mm-hmm. Since I started using, uh, yeah, I've never had to do any kind of upkeep anymore. It's just really, he changed my diet because of the cancer. Yeah. So we're doing less sugar. Sometimes it's hard. It's harder for him to control my diet than it is for me. Yeah. Um, but he got me into the swimming part. I was already running 5Ks every now and then. So I said, can you take me to do my first triathlon? So what he did was a week before my very first triathlon, which was a sprint, he brought me out into the open water and I cried. (laughs) I cried because I was swimming in circles. There were, it was a lake and there were waves. I was like, why is there waves in a lake? (laughs) It's not an ocean, (laughs) I said. So I kept swimming and apparently he was just standing there because I was swimming around him. And finally, I stood up and I said, I can't do this. I can't do this triathlon next week. I ended up doing it. I ended up finishing it. It was the worst experience ever because I was not prepared. Um, He started training me. And a year later, I actually finished third in my age group. Nice. In the same same triathlon. And then three months later, did a 70.3 with his guidance. Mm -hmm. The next year, we were going to do the same 70.3. Um, unfortunately, not really unfortunate, but around October of 2014, I was actually, they found cervical cancer cells. Well, indicated was cervical cancer cells. So they had to take out tissues from my cervix. And the doctor said, you're going to have a hard time having a baby. So when I had a baby, June, 
It was such a blessing. Unfortunately, we lost the baby. The only way... <laughs> the only way I could cope with it... The only way I could cope up with the miscarriage yeah. was I told him I need to start training again. The doctor said you need to take a rest from trying because it was even a miracle that was able to conceive. Right. So at least we knew in our hearts we could. So just right now we just said we need to take a break. And that's why I signed up for my very first Ironman this coming July. And then maybe eventually, hopefully, start trying again. Yeah. But out of all of this, even when I was diagnosed with cervical cancer cells, and my doctor told me and Dax, you might not be able to conceive, Dax actually proposed to me a week after. I was so used to people just, you know, going out, and then people were scared of the word cancer. Yeah. But he actually... A week later, even when he knew I could not have a baby, he still proposed. So yeah. it's been a life-changing journey, and yeah. he's, he's a very big part of it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, just by looking in your eyes, this is uh, something that it's a very sensitive subject into your soul, um, and it's very touching and it's very humanizing. Um, you know, we're all humans and we all have our stories, so let's unpack this a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I want to start mapping out, like, everything. So, uh, I've been watching great, uh, and we're going to get to it. I want to touch on everything you just spoke about. Um, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy. So, you said you're a nurse, right? Yes. What the hell? Like, just by, just by that, like, that's insane what you, what you have to put yourself into. Um, so, why don't we start a little bit back then, like... Did you always want to be a nurse? Like, how did you end up doing that? I actually didn't want to be a nurse. I wanted to be everything but a nurse. Yeah. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a journalist. My mom kept trying to tell me, you have to go into nursing. In the Philippines, nursing is a big deal. Okay. So... You were born in the Philippines? I was actually born here, but I grew up there. And then I transferred here my last year of high school. When she finally stopped forcing me to go into nursing... I went into nursing, sort of like a, that was my rebellion. Yeah. I wasn't really a bad kid, so that was my form of rebellion. Just, <laughs> I made her wait. Yeah. And then I put myself through school and got into nursing. But I only did bedside nursing for about two and a half, three years. In the Philippines or here? Here. Um, I started out as a home health nurse for Advent Home Health, which is a terrific company because they took me on as a as a new nurse and taught me from scratch. And and then I went into surgical nursing, just putting IVs, yeah. helping the doctors assist with uh, surgery. After that, I went into psych, Monte Vista Hospital. Okay. That was hard. I, w I was doing pediatric and um, adult psychiatric wow. nursing. So, this aspect of your life, right, which is your career, um, what have you taken from that? Like, what has that taught you? Because you, you've had to deal with very stressful situations with adult, from kids to adults. So, what have you learned about yourself in that space, in that environment? 
I work great under pressure is what I've learned. I would have patients screaming, two patients trying to hit each other on the other side, and I can still call the doctor and manage medications at the same time. The reason why I quit there was because I was left with, a, I remember it was like 28 patients to one nurse. Wow. And I still walked out of there. Everybody was safe. I was able to give medications. There was no four-point restraints. But it's just that if I was able to deal with that, I could deal with anything. You can shift the gears. But I also learned that I don't want bedside nursing anymore. Yeah. So I went, I shifted, totally shifted. I went into managing, supervising nurses mm -hmm. in the home health field until they actually, my new company now, which is Encompass, they promoted me and I'm now, I just review packets. And my boss is so good. He knows I'm training for an Ironman. So he gave me a flexible schedule. As long as I get, I get my eight hours in, in a day, he doesn't care how I do it. Just as long as they email me, they text me, and they say, hey, I need you to come in, come in, then I would. How did you meet Dax? Dax is through 702 Shifters. He was, I was the first girl to join their group of, I think there was probably 25 to 30 okay. of them. And there was no girls. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was the first girl back in 2013. My, You know what they did to me? My first... I don't know. My third ride, they took me on a 75-mile ride. I was always at the back of the pack. I was the one that Dax would circle back to. So there you, was... You already knew there was, like, something. Well, there was 75 miles where I had to look at his butt okay. because I was drafting off of him. What did you think of his butt? It was very well-rounded, okay. just like how he is. Very good. But that was all that I could stare at. For 75 miles, because he would always be the one that's circling back, no matter what route. My fourth ride, they took me up Villa Ridge and the loop without stopping. Mm -hmm. But actually, I did stop somewhere, point uh, 0.25 miles from the end of the fourth mile on the loop, okay. which I should have just gone straight through. But that was how they were. There was no like beginners back then yeah. that we had to, oh, let's do a beginner's ride. No, <laughs> they just took me and then just shoved me into the 75 mile ride. Yeah. But Dax was teaching everybody in the group. How, he was did, guiding everybody. How did you hear about the group? Um, Kuya Jude has been a long friend of mine. So that's how basically I got into their group. Yeah, because mm -hmm. now it's, you know, people uh, don't know. 72 Shifters is the largest group in, I think, Southern Nevada, uh, if it not is. all of Nevada. Yeah, we have about 123. Alicia is number 123. <laughs> or probably more now, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think probably more. Yeah. Um, cool. So then, what, what was your first, I guess, uh, you know, reaction to the group dynamics and cycling with, you know, all these other guys? Um, how was that like for you? What, do you think it was helpful to be in a group instead of just going out on the road by yourself? Yes, because they're very safe. Um, one of the things that I would like to stress about the shifters were some of our some of our people are some of them are fast, but most of us are safe. So there, I would rather be with a safe group, and that's what I learned through it. Four four years of cycling with them. 
I only failed because of my own fault <laughs> and not because of anyone in a group. Yeah. So that was a comfort to be surrounded by people who thinks about your safety because I, I already have my second chance at life. I don't want to die out there doing what I love. Yeah. So to have a group that supports that and it's not just that, it's like a family. I, they, I was just going to say, I'm looking around and it's literally uh, a community, something that a lot of people nowadays uh, are looking for. A lot of people look for this, you know? You know this Especially group, here in Vegas, because like a lot of, it's, a, it's a city where it's very transit, not a lot of people get together. Um, you know, this seems like the energy is very flowy, nothing is like, you know, pushed, you know, there's no act here, it's not like you're just doing this for the podcast, it seems like you guys do this a lot, you know, I mean, you guys invite me to your, your get-togethers all the time, and everyone's having a great time, and like, that's something that um, is nice, it's we, really refreshing to see. We try to, a community, especially within our group, is very big for us, yeah. we want to give back, um, Coach Pat is the one who always taught Dax, and Dax taught me. To always give back um, even when you get fast circle back to the last person in the group. especially in me I was the last one and Shelly would circle back to me she was the first girl I ever rode with thank God it was you <laughs> um, I'm still riding with her but it just looking back and getting other people to start it's a blessing to be able to do that especially with me Especially when I started doing triathlons, it's like people will say, if she could do it, then, because I was the first one out of her group. Yeah. Dax, of course, has always been a triathlete, but I was the first one that he guided and was able to finish a triathlon. And after I did, three more started, three more men started, because it's always like, if G could do it, I could do it. And then now I have three, no, four or five girls. We have two girls who finished their first 70.3. That's our first triathlon, and it was a 70.3. That's awesome. And it's, we're not saying we teach them how to be fast, but they didn't drown. They finished it. And they didn't drown, they finished it. If you can, if you can share a, a gram of inspiration to anyone, That's what it's about. You know, it's about inspiring others. It's about sharing your knowledge, whatever it is, just experience at the end of the day. There's no excuse anymore with our group. You, they can't say, I can't do that. When they say, I can't swim, well, we had someone who just started swimming four weeks ago, and she's already doing 80 laps. And she wouldn't even dip her head under the water. Her goggles never got wet the first the first round. And now she's gonna be signing up for her first her first 70.3. So there's no excuse anymore. They can't say, oh, I can't do that. Your only excuse is if what you have a bad back, you really can't run, then yeah, you yeah. you know, we're not gonna force you, but I just want it triathlon has changed my life. I mean with especially with the respiratory problems and just me and my husband are closer, more close now than ever because of we suffer together, yeah. <laughs> basically in training. Yeah. And, and in life, too. In life, yeah. you know, we, through we our ups and downs. Peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. <laughs> no, I said we suffer through the training, but we enjoy life. <laughs> good, good. 
our life is more enjoyable when we get to rest after triathlons and then we get to travel out of town for ra for races so it's great so uh okay and then, and then you, were, you kind of started a little bit talking about you know uh i guess when you were first became aware of having cancer right oh and when was this i was 25. I was 25, I was not active, I probably partied a little too hard back in my 20s. Good for you, yeah. yeah. It could be genetics, but it could be probably bad habits too. And um, it was, I'm a nurse, so I checked, we have a history in our family, but it was my grandmother. So it was basically almost everyone, 85 and up, if you're Caucasian, because my grandmother's Caucasian, you're chances are you probably three out of five will have breast cancer or two out of five will have breast cancer but not at my age but I do do my monthly checks and I came across um, a lump on my breast I didn't really think much of it but I got it checked and it was actually ductal carcinoma which was very invasive it's it's a it's a type of cancer it, it starts in your ducts of your breast um, but luckily I got it, I caught it early, so we were able to take it out. It was only at stage two. So we were able to get it out. We did a sentinel biopsy of a lymph node that was closest to it, so it doesn't spread. Um, I did chemo just one round, sort of, sort of, um, whatever wasn't taken, it's, it's gonna supposed to take care of whatever wasn't taken out. But that was it. My whole ordeal with cancer, I would say, lasted three months, up to five years, of course, because I'm still trying to take care of myself. It's hard making sure that I don't drink. I mean, it's not hard now, but back then, coming from being young and partying all the time and then having to wake up now at 4 a.m. to start biking, you know, it was a big change for me. But... I would say if it wasn't for cancer, I would still be living life badly. And I wouldn't have Dax because I wouldn't have started cycling. So even though it's a bad, you know, it was a bad experience, it was something good came out of it. Something great, actually. That's how I look at cancer. It, it might look bad to some people, but I think it saved my life more in the long run. Yeah, that's definitely a long-term vision. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, I mean, but mentally, though, what, what is your approach with all, with all of this? I mean, um, uh, you know, I, I can't fathom it. I, I, like, try, I'm trying to understand it, but, you know. If you could survive cancer, you could survive anything. <laughs> try out, uh, for me, surviving the cancer, surviving our miscarriage, yeah. And you know all the all the problems that came with having a big group, you know, difference in politics. All of that was worth it because right now it made me a lot stronger. I've grown thicker skin. I'm more receptive to what people teach me. I used to be really stubborn, so stubborn Wait, that. When's your birthday? When's your birthday? <laughs> oh, it was last week. I turned I turned yes. thirty. So you're you're Taurus. No, Pisces. Pisces. That's right. I'm the fish. 
Yeah. But yeah, I turned 30 last. <laughs> I have bad memories. Uh, bad memory because of the chemo actually is what they call chemo brain. So you kind of have to redirect me every now and then. <laughs> yeah, like it's you know that dog from Up with yeah. ADHD, yeah. like a squirrel. Yeah. That's how I am. <laughs> you would have to ask me a question that I would go back into topic. Okay. <laughs> um, Alright, so how's your training going for your, for your next uh, event? So our next event, well we have a sprint coming up but most of our races now are tuned up for my, um, for the full, for the full Ironman which is on July 29th, Santa Rosa. It was supposed to be Vineman but they changed it. That was, um, used to train me for the 70.3. I was easier to train on a 70.3 because I've run 13 miles before. 56 miles is nothing for us. And the swim was easy. But now it's a full. I said I want to be an Ironman. I don't want to be a divorced Ironman. So he decided to hire a coach for me. Oh, <laughs> yes, oh. because he said... Going next level. Yes, because he said, I want to train with you but I also want to enjoy training with you yeah. because if I I whine <laughs> I I whine a lot yeah. and every time he would say okay we're gonna go out for a run tomorrow I would force feed him like that day yeah. and then I would ask him are we still running and of course he's gonna say no but if he says yeah we're still gonna run he's resilient no matter what I force feed him he's still gonna say yeah we're gonna go run and I would say, but I really don't want to run. I would start whining and I would say, oh, I have this pain here. I can't do that. Yeah. You know, you know I, can't do, yeah, I can't do that anymore. The funny thing is everything that my coach right now, which is Coach Ige, he's um, based in the Philippines, really great coach. He's actually, he's actually a friend of Dax. And a lot of what he's trying to teach me is what Dax was trying to teach me. But I mean, it was just too stubborn <laughs> to listen. So I think him hiring a coach for me was is the best thing for now because we want to survive our Ironman without actually getting in a fight. But training is hard. I went from couch because I really took my time off during off season. I wanted to unload. It was a very stressful 2016. So after, after our Tempe, I decided to unload and... Um, we just did Palm Springs. That was the only thing I was training for, but yeah. really us and biking, it's not training for us. And you guys were pulling, uh, you guys pulled like five dudes, right? I'm not going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll let Shelly say that. That's yes, yes. Say yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. We had so much fun. I actually, I filmed at mile 45 and actually fractured. It wasn't a dislocation. It was turned out a fracture. Oh, yeah, it was right. a fracture. Right. You went down. Yes, I went you down. Oh yes, there is no, there was still adrenaline then. I felt the pain after, but we, I fell at mile 45. She just said, how do you feel? I said, I think, I, I think I'll be fine. So we just kept riding. That took out 20 minutes from us, but we felt great. We, we PR'd the course and it wasn't, you know, it was, I had the most fun with, with her, with Shelly, because uh, we, our riding style are quite different. She's more of a power through it, and I'm more of a interval girl, which she hated. Because yeah. I would like go speed, speed up and then rest. <laughs> but she's just like a machine. She just goes, goes, goes. But Sounds like Steve. Yeah, she, she is. 
she is the girl version of Steve. Yeah, yeah. Except she's not like a big wall. You know, I can still feel the air sometimes, like coming through here. But our training ever since that Palm Springs, so we started training for, you know, we started incorporating runs. I hate to run. I hate it with a passion, but I tolerate it now. But my coach decided to give me a six-mile run off the bat. I didn't know that was going to be like the least. So now it's it's getting easier. We train almost every day. No, not almost. We train. We do train every day, almost twice per day. Um, every other day is twice per day. But now it got easier. I actually start getting anxious when I don't have a workout plan. Um, and I'm supported by, well, I have Dax and I have Epoy or Eric who lives with me. So can you imagine like three triathletes living yeah, in one house? It's like a triathlete camp like all year round. It is. We have we have a treadmill there. We have a stationary bike. And then we have pulleys for to practice, you know, to sort of can get upper. Because multi-sport, I was thinking about this. Multi-sport, I mean, I, I ride maybe like 10 hours. You ride 10 hours a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Multi-sport is, is probably more, right? Because you're cycling, running, and swimming. Why? Like, why do you, why do you do that? Like, seriously, seriously. I, mean, I know it's funny, but like, why, what's really like your intrinsic motivator? My motivator? Why are you doing this? Because not everybody... Like, what are you running and swimming from? Doing? Well, not everybody can say that they finished a triathlon. But is, are you just doing it just to say I finished a triathlon? To prove to myself, yeah. Yeah, but why? What are you trying to prove? That to, to feel you're alive, you gotta feel pain, Coach. Thank you. <laughs> There's a burger over there. <laughs> <laughs> why do you do it? <laughs> I do it. Yeah, you, you. Be- like when you when you're like just in a huge hole of pain, it, you know? Why do you keep on moving? What you, makes you keep on going? You forget about everything else that you've gone through. It's basically a place where I can meditate. It's actually not pain for me. When I'm out there on my bike, especially when I'm doing powering through that last interval, it my brain is like a constant mush of thoughts and regrets and um, pain. Yeah. But when I work through and I power through stuff, it just becomes easier to go through it. I don't know if everybody thinks that way, but that's just just me. Yeah. It it diverts my attention and it keeps me focused on one, which is finishing and then getting to that next workout. When you're uh, whether it's competition or training, but the intensity is at a certain point is very very high, and you just you know you want to give up, you don't want to continue. Uh, do you start having thoughts? Doubt. Very deep and dark. Oh yeah. Of like past stuff. I question myself. Through your brain. I question myself a lot. Why I'm putting myself through this? Um, it always no, happens on the run. Because yeah. I have like when when I go on on really hard rides and I'm trying to you know I'm just trying to keep up with everyone and I'm just going into this dark dark area of pain. Uh, sometimes you know these like past memories or events probably trauma you know uh, traumatic things will kind of flash in my eyes but like that I almost use that as energy to like continue going I'm forward. the same so I'm, I'm, that's why I'm asking like, mm-hmm. you know do you kind of use that as, as your source of fuel that's yours you, know, mm-hmm. you can't get that in a package you can't get that at Walgreens you know you can't get that REI right no, that's like something from experience you grow resiliency yeah through it and 
every time I hit that wall, it's like the wall at the loop. You know, it's like, shoot, what am I doing here? Especially during a 70.3, I always get it on probably mile four of the run. I know it's not gonna last. I've gone, I've gone through it so many times, so I know I just have to push through it, push the thoughts out of my brain, because it happens a lot. Where I start questioning myself, why did I do this? Why did I marry a triathlete? <laughs> but and then I think about all the things that I've accomplished so far, and plus the training that I put into it. And then just push past, right push past through it. What's your approach to uh, recovering? Like, how, how are you recovering now with uh, a much higher training load? I've actually, we've, we've dialed in our recovery now. Um, thank that's, God. That's a huge thing. It's a big thing. Um, so what, what is, what's working for you? Because, like, you know, people do different things. Right? Oh, recovery yeah. Recovery is very personal type of stuff. There are, there is like a general level, but if you go deeper down, people do little hacks here and there. Oh, yes. What what type of stuff is working for you? So, I've, um, I actually got, and this is not because I'm sponsored, but I got sponsored by Base Performance. Me, my husband, and actually all three of us got sponsored by Base Performance. I tried them out on race day of 70.3. They had the base salts, the electrolytes. And they worked wonders. Never had a cramp. I didn't have to take goo. I didn't have to take um, salt sticks or those sports legs. That thing worked the whole race for me. And I said, I'm interested in the other products because they were talking about this rocket fuel thing where you um, combine hydro, their uh, hydration powder, combine the base electrolyte salt, and then what else? Amino base amino which is to help recover your muscles right to help to aid with the recovery so what I do especially I know if I'm doing a long ride the last I would say the last 25% I would start taking that rocket fuel taste I'm sorry base but it tastes nasty but it works so I, I freeze it and then I just chug it when I'm on my when I'm almost done and it feels like my legs didn't even work so right when I get home, I would do another one of that that night. And um, I do a lot of, we bought this recovery, the air compression, the sequential air compression device, Air Relax. We got it from Rob, Rob Hutchinson. And um, we've been using it. I don't use it after bikes, I use it after runs, because runs are really hard for me. So that's two, that's number two. And then I do an Epsom salt bath that night so that's after a long hard run sometimes a long hard ride too especially bricks so I do this almost three times per week and then I we try to eat healthy as much as we can Um, I do a lot of broths a lot of fat Um, I'm on a a really high fat diet Um, I'm trying to lower my carbs cancer eats on sugar so if I know I'm not gonna do a hit high intensity training, I don't even eat carbs. I would um, probably eat something fatty the morning of, and then if I if I get a little bit of a hint of hunger, then I'll maybe take a bite of a bar. Other than that, it's my nutrition too has been dialed in. I no longer get cramps, I don't get bloating, I don't get the runs, which I've had the first 70.3. Yes. I have the worst stomach in 
everybody knows I have the worst stomach in the world. Like, they would be rolling out, and I would say, hey, go to the restroom. So I don't do that anymore. My, my recovery and my nutrition has been dialed in. And plus, I only use um, honey stinger, and that one is more organic. I've never had a reaction with it. No, like GI, anything. No GI problems. Cool. Yeah, so I, I, I know you're, you guys are, is it all of 17 shifters are sponsored by different companies or is it you? Uh, I was what, what's been your approach? Because I, I know you, you know, you're... I'm a social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, how, how, has been, how has that you know, been for you? Like how have you been creating relationships with other companies and stuff? So I was actually the first one in our group to get sponsored. Um, the very first one to sponsor me is... Um, Betty by Designs. I've been sponsored by them for two years now. Um, Jennifer Turchin was actually the one who said, you should try out for the team, you should apply. And I, I got in um, two years ago. And be with Betty, they're affiliated with a lot more sponsors. So they're affiliated with Roca, they're um, affiliated with, I don't know, uh, there's a lot, Mavic, Envy. Um, I have to try to think of what else, but there's a lot more that they're affiliated with. Yeah. But I find I'm not I'm not the one who podiums all the time. I've only podiumed once in my life. But I think that if you share your story, because I've sent the same story, same application sort of type to the same sponsors, yeah. and it's gotten in. They they've accepted me. They've took me into their you know they. I don't want to sound like I, I always get it, but I don't change my story, and it gets in all the time. What type of support do they provide you? Discounts, lots of discounts, percentage off. Um, Betty, I get uh, really good discounts on the clothes for the team, the, the team um, uniform. Yeah. And, now, and whatever they're affiliated with, like the Rudy Project, the Roca, get big discounts with those okay. so almost all my gears my racing gears has been through Betty because of the discounts and then with base performance same thing percentage off and then they give you a bunch of stuff to you know to experiment with and try and every single thing that I've tried same with Honey Stinger which I, three of us are also sponsored <laughs> me um, Eric and Dax so they they give you a big percentage off, and it's been it's been helpful because it's very expensive to race. Yeah. But the most expensive part of racing is actually the race itself, where I'm lucky because my team and actually my family they helped me raise the money for our Ironman. So I didn't have to put out a single cent from my pocket. Cool. 702 shifters and my family and our friends, they raced it for us. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. Anytime I need, here's the thing, I do three, I, I do about a, lo a long ride almost every week. I have someone from our team always going with me. There's like the amount of support, and whenever I say I need to swim tomorrow, who's going with me? Someone will go. I need to do a 75 mile bike ride. They don't like it, but they're gonna go. And it's mostly the girls, you know, they don't they don't complain. The girls don't complain. The men sometimes do, but 
they're we're forced. Big, we're they're, they're forced into it. Yeah. <laughs> they can't. Um, they can't complain. But most of it is them. They. they what would you tell um, you know someone who just joins the the 72 Shifter Club? Um, you know, how would you start introducing them to triathlons, or multi-sport, or just cycling in general? Um, you know, if they, if they came up to you like, hey, gee, you know, I was thinking about doing it, but I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if I can ride in a group, or I don't even know how to ride a bike. Like, what would you tell them? Every single one of us started with that question, and that's what I would say. I started with no bike. I, you know, Dax offered to help me rent a bike, and then we would ride with new beginners every time. There's, um, right now I am not able to a lot because of the training, but usually once a year, I try to get the women out, the wives, you know, try to get them out and riding. But now there's so many of us helping that almost every week we have someone new. And it's not intimidating because there's someone that's gonna start with you and even if you're two, three weeks behind, someone will circle back to you and someone will actually ride with you side by side and teach you how to ride safely in a group because we're a big group. Yeah. So how are we able to successfully ride without, you know, I mean, you can't avoid crashes. It will happen. It's just a matter of time um, and it's just a matter of who. But how are we able to minimize it so much that we're able to enjoy our weekly rides? It's because we're trying to be safe. So are you looking to be a safe person or are you looking to be a fast person? Because um, you can ride with our fast people or you can ride with Lifetime A, A group, if you want to prove you're fast. But do you want to be safe? Come ride with us. We love, um, we love to take people out and just show them what this sport has changed most of us for. I mean, we have people who's lost 30, 40 pounds. We have people who's been depressed and then now are out riding every week. You know, we have veterans. We have tons of veterans in our team. And then now we have women. Uh, and we're not like the elite fast women. We have the regular women and the regular Joes. So it's, it's almost like it's very welcoming that you're not intimidated to come out yeah. and ride. Yeah. Yeah, and we have healthcare professionals, by the way, so if they fall, we can check on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just band-aid your broken finger and keep on riding. Right? I actually didn't. I just put my glove on and I kept riding. And then after the ride, I, I had someone splint it. But I did pop it back in. So cause That's insane. She, she was like, what are you doing? I'm popping it back in. <laughs> so oh, it's in. So let's go start writing. All right, cool. Well, um, you know, it's it's you're in you're in, uh, in a deep journey here, discovering yourself while uh, cycling, running, and, and swimming, right? Oh yes. Who's um, kind of like your your major support for all this? Besides, you know, I I know. But you know who's who's always really there for you um, when you're really suffering. You know, and like um, know, you have uh, any shout-outs you would like to um, to give? Well, there's no question about it. It's always been Dax. Every single suffering through the training, he's there because he has to do it too. But just through the ups and downs of 
my mood and um, you know our life he's just been a very strong person and I needed that because I, I I'm used to being the strong person for everybody so when I needed it he was that person for me That's super important. very important because uh, I can't if I'm breaking down I can't have you break down either <laughs> so he's always been that person he's just steadfast and I, it's something I've never had in my life because all my my sisters would always say G is the strongest you know strongest sister you, you always had to hold it in I was always I was the bulldog they would call me the bulldog but the cancer the cancer just took a lot out of me emotionally and physically and he worked so hard putting it back together and that was the biggest thing that ever you know happened to me in my life so he's my biggest supporter and then I would say of course Eric oh, our brother because if he wasn't at home with us we would not be challenged every day to get up because that kid gets up at a crack of dawn and then sleeps really late after after working and it's just an inspiration to see someone that young you know have that drive and passion for it then of course I have so many people to think but shifters they already know they're they're my biggest support group like every single one who's joined this group if they wanted to pursue something the shifters would just support it doesn't matter if it's financially emotionally or just just to be there with you while you're doing it and suffering with you that's a big thing um, my lifetime family you guys coach Pat Carrie Shelly my sister and um, my family of course because uh, they've it's hard for them to see me come back from cancer and then now they said you're risking your life being out on the road you know biking and then what if you drown in the middle of the sea but they've put all that behind me and you know they, they've just focused on what I wanted to do and just really supported me especially my two sisters um, and Dax's family you know they they are used to Eric and Dax being like this competitive so it helps to have a family that you know to go into a family that, that that's okay for them that's okay for them that sometimes we miss parties it's okay for them that we come we come in we eat and then we take a nap on their couch because we're so tired they understand so to have a very supportive family me and Dax are very blessed what, uh, what, what would you say to anyone that's kind of going through cancer now um, and specifically you know women um, it it's getting better now there's more treatments out there just have to be strong and push through it keep active and then know that know what's good for your body and know what's bad for it because uh, it took me a while and it took me it I kept getting sick after I got cancer. Even when I got um, went through remission, I was still getting sick, like respiratory respiratory failures here or stomach problems here. But once I learned what was good for me, it helped me be healthier. So right now I haven't even had knock on wood. I haven't been sick for a year. I just I just feel my body. I I, I told. I used to have to take a nap every time in the middle of the day because I would just be, my energy would just be low. But now with the diet and with the activity that we're doing, if I take a nap, it's because I did a six mile, uh, I mean a six hour ride the morning of. But just know your body and know your limits. And if you feel like 
you're pushing yourself too much, I would say push yourself a little bit more. Because <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> I don't just stop. Um, and don't start anything without finishing it. Bam. You dropped the mic. That's right. <laughs> All right, Jay, thank you so much. Thank you. It was speaking with you. Thank, thank you. you. So I know, I know thank you for like, having me. There's a lot of courage to share you know, your know. life and your story. But it's a, it's a good thing that you did uh, because people need to hear this stuff. Yes. You know? Um, oh, oh yeah, also I forget, um, if people wanted to connect with you, maybe ask you any questions on like how to start the triathlon world or maybe, uh, you know, just need some support from someone who has gone through cancer and is a triathlete now, um, sponsorships, that type of stuff, how could they get a hold of you? Um, I'm on Facebook, just look for G Love Meat, L-O-V-E-M-E-E-T. And then on um, Instagram, Mrs. Love Meat, Mrs. Dot Love Meat. Um, or just look for the 702 shifters. I just say, hey, who's G? You'll know. That's his wife. <laughs> the girl in the pink all the time. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, well, thank you so much. This is episode 46 of the talk. Thank you. Thank you.